Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. We thank and praise God for another Wednesday. Amen. We pray that all is well with the hearers and the doers of the word of God. Now, all the believers that are tuned in, that are dialed in by phone or computer, we hope and pray that this day has been a lovely day for you, even though it rained here. But I'm pretty sure that the light that the Lord God has placed inside of us has been shining all day. So in spite of the rain, this is a new season. We're in a new season, and the Lord is still God. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank and praise you tonight for this word that you've given unto us. And we ask, O oh God, that you would breathe on the hearers and the doers of your word. We ask, Lord God, that you would revelate your word. Give us an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say in the Word of God, O oh God, and in the wisdom of God. We thank you for your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and revelation knowledge. And we thank you, O oh God, for how you're going to feed our souls tonight, O oh God, and let this Word be hidden in our hearts that we may not sin against thee. O oh God, let us to be able to be an example to someone in this Word, through your Word, O oh God, as we perceive the word of God, let us give, O oh God. Lord Jesus, you said that freely give, freely receive, freely give. So we want to be able to receive the word of God and freely give that word of God back out to somebody. Amen. That somebody will be able to see the light. They will be able to see Jesus and know Jesus in our lives and glorify the Father. Now, Lord God, we just ask that you would continue to guide and lead us, O oh God, in all your truth. Help us, O oh God, to understand where we have misunderstanding. Help us, Lord God, with the truth. Help us to be able to handle the truth, know the truth, and accept the truth in you. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen and amen. Amen. We're going to talk tonight about old habits die hard. Amen. I love the way the Lord gives these subjects to me because they come into into mind, and I tell you, he begins to really start saying things through these strange subjects, I'll say. But I thank him for them, and I thank him that he will give me the opportunity to step out into the water by faith on these subjects. Well, we're going to talk about Old habits die hard. When we think of habits, amen, we don't really think of ourselves as having habits. Because when we think of habits, we think it's some kind of of addiction. We think it's something that somebody has done uh, or that we know of, or maybe we at one time have been hooked on or hung up on or, you know, alcohol, drugs, or something like that, you know, and we think think of those as being habits, cigarette smoking, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. 
But habit is a settled place. We're talking about, we're talking spiritual here. A habit is a, is a settled place or a regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. And we're talking about how old habits are hard to die. They die hard, especially when you come into the realms of the word of God, especially when you come into the boundaries of the will of God. And you come into this salvation and you accept your portion in this salvation and you begin to say, I love you, Lord God. I want to serve you. I want to give my all to you. I want to do this for you, Lord. I want to do that for you, Lord. But I got so many habits. I'm in a place, Lord God, that I'm comfortable in these habits that I have, and I don't want to leave them. I don't want to come up out of my comfort zone. Amen, because that's where habits are. They're in in your comfort zone. And, you know, no matter how perfect we want to be and how consistent we are, there's something about every one of us, even myself, that there's a habit. There's something that I enjoy doing, and really I'm not even conscious of the fact that I enjoy doing it because it has become such a routine activity in my life. I wake up seven days a week. I wake up at the same time every morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. I am destined to get up Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Monday, I'll say. Sunday through Saturday, that's better, that's said that way. But the thing is, that is a habit. That is, you know, children are grown now. Things have slowed down in my life to the point that I don't have to get up and and wait so much on, on little ones and stuff like that, just myself and my husband now. But the thing is, it's still a habit. It is a habit that has settled in place with me. It has become a regular tendency or a practice of getting up so early in the morning. And think about it. I really don't have no need to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and a Sunday unless I'm getting up to pray, unless the Spirit of the Lord is moving me to get up. But guess what? I do get up and talk to the Lord. I do get up and pray. Or I get up and I do things as I talk to the Lord. So therefore, it's a habit. It's a good habit. I consider it as being a good habit because I've always considered that as time for myself. That gave me time to regroup from waking up through the night, from waking up from a, a restful sleep. To get before I get myself ready to go to work. That's what I always considered that. But it's a habit. And as I as I talk, I pray that you come into some kind of conclusion in your mind about what habits you have. We said that today we are so much like the children of Israel going around in circles in our lives. You know, have you ever noticed that you go around in circles year by year, year after year? You are going around in circles if you don't ever succumb, come to a point of succumbing to that point and making a change in your life, you end up going around in a circle. The same thing you did this time last year, you're going to do it again this year, or you already have done it. And I often tell people, people always talk about that's deja vu. No, that's the fact that you. this is the same thing you did last year. So the children of Israel, they were going around in a circle, but they were going around in a circle because of the fact that they're unbelief, they're murmuring and complaining 
about the things that God was doing, the things that God wanted to do for them, when in all fact God had their best interest at heart, in his heart, because they were his chosen people. They are his chosen people. So therefore, he did not mean harm to them. He meant good. But how many of you know when you're dealing with people, and if they don't see the good as you see the good, they're going to murmur and complain. You know, you've been there. I've been there. So we say that we're, we're just like them. We have that same spirit. Amen. We're going around in circles in our lives instead of making progress that will lead us into our victory over our habits, over our patterns and behaviors. Because the habits are behaviors. It, it forms a behavior. So how we think, choose, and behave from choices that we make is really what hinders us from fully achieving the victory that we so desire in Christ Jesus. That's right, habits. Habits get in the way. I know it's the will, but it's a habit. I know it's your flesh, but it's a habit. I know it's the influence of others, but it's a habit. Thank you, Jesus. It's a habit that I need somebody to always talk to me and share things with me. It's a habit. Why did it take the children of Israel so long to get through their wilderness experience? What is it that prevents you from arriving at your destination that is required by the Lord God? Is your way of thinking contrary to the thoughts of God? Is the way you think holding you up? The way you think the thoughts of God toward you? Are you thinking the same thoughts that God is thinking? Or are you thinking contrary to those thoughts? What mindset? What is your mindset toward this holy God that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? What is your mindset toward him? What do you really think about God? Because when he comes with his word and he wants to change, change, 360 degree, change, totally change mind, spirit, soul, and body in you for his glory, what is your mindset toward him? What does your heart really say to him? Thank you, Jesus. Is it only because when trouble comes that you can begin to see God's way? Because when everything is going good and when everything looks lovely and pleasing to your will or your habits, I'll say, then I don't need the Lord. It's okay. Old habits die hard. That's why the enemy, the enemy has such a heyday when we come into righteousness and we begin to try and live holy according to this holy God's prescribed method. This is how he has a hey, his heyday. This is how the field becomes his play. Because we're full of habits. We got habits that we cater to in this flesh. We got habits that we are, are subconsciously, they have just become a part of us. Such as when I put my hands on something or I go, I could go directly to something without my mind telling me to do it and my hands automatically know to do it. Because I subconsciously have taken that activity or that thought and my body just automatically knows to do it at a certain hour or a certain time. But what is it about 
praying? What is it about seeking the Lord? What is it about going before the Lord, getting in his presence, staying before him until you hear from him? What is it about giving him your situations, your circumstances that causes you not to be able to surrender these habits? Because, see, that too becomes a habit. Serving God becomes a habit. But that's a good habit. And that's a habit that we all must learn, and we must learn how to do it according to the will of God when God calls us out of darkness. Old habits die hard. It's hard to give up habits. And I'm not talking about life-threatening habits. I'm just talking about your way, my way of doing things. My understanding of the way things should be. A sinful life with dominating habits is found in the works of the flesh in Galatians 5 and 19 through 21. 19 says adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. 20, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Verse 21, envious, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Revelings is that party spirit, having a party spirit. And such like of the which I tell you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5 and 19 through 21, and and also the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit is something that every, every believer needs to study. Need to look up those words, study those words, and make sure that there's nothing habitually going on on the inside of you that will liken you to those words. That is for the works of the flesh, now not the fruit of the spirit. Only the spirit of the word of God can give victory over habitual sin. The Holy Ghost is the only spirit that will produce a Christ-like character in us to be able to stand and come against our flesh, the world, and the devil. This is why it's so important that we seek the Lord, tarry with the Lord for the Holy Ghost. That's right. I use the word tarry. Tarry means you need to constantly lay before him, constantly stay in his presence until he endow you with his spirit. But the thing is, because of our habits, <laughs> we give up too quickly. See, we don't have the endurance that we need to endure this thing in salvation, endure the hardness as a good soldier, as the scripture teaches us. We need to be able to endure persistence and be able to persevere. We need to be able to endure inconsistency. We need to be able to endure, amen, in fellowship with one another. See, our, our, our habits keep us from indulging the way we need to indulge in this gospel with one another and not to mention with the Lord. See, I, I love the way God does things. God is not a selfish God because, see, he says that he has no respect of a person. But now he is willing to allow 
you, me, or whoever to move forward in him when you are front and center, when you are always in his presence, when you're always pulling on his heart, when you're always calling on his name, when you're always acknowledging him in all your ways, when you're trusting him with confidence. Shut up. When you got him, when you got him and you're in his presence, you don't have to be concerned about nothing else. Because, see, when we go before the Lord and we begin to surrender and submit ourselves to him, habits have to die. See, flesh, flesh cannot stand the presence of the Lord. My flesh, your flesh, nobody's flesh can go into the presence of the Lord. Only the spirit of the word of God. I say the spirit of the word of God because, see, you have to be able to get the spirit of God's word because, see, God is a spirit. So when you talk to him, when you pray to him, when you call on him, you're calling on him in spirit and in truth. Catch that now. You're calling on him in spirit and in truth. You're not calling on him like you're calling your neighbor. You're not calling on him like you're calling your best friend. Because, see, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God, I love you, Jesus. Habits. We gave you the definition, but let me give it to you again. Habits, a settled place or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. Oh, I can't give this up. I just I just enjoy doing this. I just love my time of sitting on the back porch watching the sun rise. Watching the sunset. I can't let nothing get in, in the way of that. That's just something I do every day. I'm just using that as an example. That's a habit. And it would be hard to give up if I had to go pray. It will be hard to give up if somebody were to call me and they need to, to be encouraged or they need, to, they need for me to pray for them. It will be hard to give up. Old habits die hard. Habits are patterns of behavior that are repeated and often occur without any conscious thought. Hello? In other words, we become we get to a point where this thing just becomes so conscious to us that it, it's just a part of our daily routine. We're not even concerned. It's just like this person that's making this noise in the background. They're not even concerned about the, the, the truth of the word. They're not even concerned about the righteousness of the word. They're not even oh, concerned oh, about somebody about, else hearing the word. That's rude. Um, that's, sorry, but are we talking about the Lord here? We're talking about the word of God here. Well, um, I, I want to say a story of what happened when well, a bunch of these, you know, like atheists end up in my house. You know, I, I, I live in Michigan, and uh, if you didn't know that, it's it's really bad down here. And like, you know, I'm I'm half and half. I'm really to be honest. And like, these guys were white, dressed up in well, just KKK uniforms, and they just they offended me because they saw me. <laughs> And I was fucking eating I'm sorry, you know, for my foul language, but I was I was eating an Oreo and he asked me to stare. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you made me 
sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm really poor. And, he, and you guys, you guys knew I was poor. And I'm sorry. Thank you, Jesus. Habits are patterns of behavior that are repeated and often occur without any conscious thought. Being rude and disrespectful is a habit with some people. And they don't have no thought. They don't take no thought consciously as to fact that to the fact that that's what they're doing. Habits are activities that one does regularly or repeatedly and is found to be challenged when tried to stop. When the word of God comes in and it challenges your will, because, see, that's what the word does. The word challenges us. See, we're so busy thinking that it's the devil all the time, but we need to understand that the word of God, when the word of God comes, the word of God begins to challenge your will. The word of God begins to come against you and what you begin to say and what you, you think. Asshole. Shut up, that's you the way that's bitch. the way the word of God is. We thank and praise God for this soul that's on this line, because I tell you, the devil is a lie. It's obvious that you need to hear the word of God. So you continue to murmur and complain, continue to say what you got to say, and I'll continue to teach in the name of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus is on my side. The blood of Jesus is with this study. And the devil is a lie. Amen. The devil is a lie. You will not come on this line and disturb this this study. Amen. Amen. The devil is a liar. Amen. We call on the spirit of the living God to to cease this spirit. Cease that spirit that is contrary to the will of God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I love you, Jesus. You will not interfere with this study. You will not. I speak to your spirit. You will not interfere with this study. In the name of Jesus. You will be silent. And we give God the glory and the honor. God will be glorified. Habits are unrealized because they have become so routine in your life that it has become a subconscious activity. Habits are not inherited. This is nothing we get from our parents. This is nothing we, we this is nothing in our bloodline. Isn't that something? But they are learned through life and its experiences. Habits are controlled by us. We can control our habits if we want to. But it's just a matter of how much we want to. How much am I really really willing to give myself up, submit myself to the spirit of the living God? And that's the challenge that we have today. That's why the world thinks that they can say what they want to say, do what they want to do, when they want to do it, because they don't see that difference that we need to be making. Habits. We're controlled by our habits, but yet we can control those habits if we want to. Habits are used to describe you in character, traits, and in personality. You know how you say, that's just the way I am. 
Habits carry very strong influence in our lives as well as in the lives of others. Habits are consistent, unconscious activities that continue to influence your behavior as well as the behavior of others associated with you. You draw what's in you. You love to sit around and gossip and talk a lot of mess, and you're going to draw people of that same character. And then whenever somebody comes and they, they, you like that person or there's something about that person that you like and they don't do the same thing, then there's, you're going to be contrary with that person. You're going to always be buttonhead. Bad habits are anything that turns our hearts from God and lead us to do wrong. Thank you, Jesus. What does your heart really say to the Lord? What message does it minister to him? Have you ever thought about that? When we refuse to do the will of God, what message does your heart really say to the Lord? Out of your habits and those things that you don't want to give up, what does that really say to the Lord when you say, but Lord, I want to do this, but? Bad habits. Old habits die hard. To remove or change bad habits, one must be willing and obedient toward the change that the word of God requires. Willing and obedient toward that change in order for these habits to die. Because they can die. They must die in order to replace them with godly habits, godly pattern, and godly character. To be a conqueror and overcome bad habits, Involves seeking, acquiring, and using the power of God to help you flee. Stay away from the situations or circumstances that will cause those bad habits to rise up again. Bad habits should die with that old man. Bad habits shouldn't rise up with that new creature. Are your habits the sin that so easily besets you? Is that the reason that you have a problem or it's difficult for you to be able to do what the Lord requires? Are your habits hindering your spiritual growth? Oh, God, I hear you, Sata. Are your habits hindering the indwelling of the Holy Ghost? Are you the real reason why God has not yet filled you with his spirit? And, and is what's in your heart? Is what he he's reading in your heart the reason? Old habits, they die hard. Because, see, we want to justify why we don't want to give this up and give that up. We justify why we want to continue to do this. <clears throat> habits can be sinful and they can be godly or they can be godly. Godly habits must replace sinful habits. For example, when we've been called into righteousness, procrastination, slowfulness, lazy in your spirit, those kind of things like that, they're bad habits. And they shouldn't, you, again, you shouldn't try to make that a part of the new creature. Are there any questions, any comments? Thank you, Jesus. 
We want to talk about wilderness experience for a moment here. Wilderness experience will give you the victory of God's will in you. The wilderness experience is designed to reveal the negative and the positive, the bad and the good. That's working in us for God's glory and against God. It's designed to reveal the hope and the plan of God that has been set inside of us. And it will be through choice that will give you the overall victory to stand in his plan and his purpose. It will be through choice, the choices that you make while you're in that wilderness experience. (laughs) Here's some things that the wilderness experience will reveal in you. Hurts. Hurts are uncovered and healed in the wilderness. The wilderness wilderness will reveal the things that, that hurt you, the things that you've been harboring on the inside of you. This is an old habit. See, we feel like when somebody hurt us or when somebody wronged us, when somebody disappoint us, we go into a shell and we think, take that thing and we put it in us and we put it in a place in us that we don't feel like nobody, nobody can get to it. Oh, but there's one somebody that can go in there deep and get that thing out from the core. He can get the very root of it. But we like to take that hurt and we like to take that thing and cover it up and pacify it. And when we're sitting around meditating, instead of meditating on the word of God, we'd much rather be meditating on how somebody hurt us. So in the wilderness experience, hurts are uncovered. But yet they're healed also in the wilderness. For example, in the natural, when you get a splinter in your finger, it hurts, doesn't it? And it depends upon how that splinter, how deep that splinter is in your finger. And Lord knows if that splinter infects that spot, that place where that where it's stuck in your finger, and over a period of time and it's still sitting there, well, in order to get a healing from that, the splinter has to be removed, right? It has to be removed in order to get healing. So the hurt must be uncovered in your wilderness experience. You have to be able to get that splinter out. It has to be picked out. And that's a, that's a hard little task itself, and it, and it really, really do hurt. Hmm. I used to get a lot of splinters in my hands and in my feet when I was a child, and I didn't like it whenever my mother would go in and get those things out. But she had to get them out because if not, they would have got it would have gotten infected in my foot or even in my hand. So in the, now in salvation, in our wilderness experience, that hurt has to be uncovered. The Lord will get rid of that hurt in that wilderness experience. And he will also heal and deliver you from that dependence on others. When we depend on others by leaning on them, because we're too lazy to pray for ourselves or because we feel like we can pray better and they can hear hear from God much better than we can. So we have the tendency to lean on people. Well, I'm here to tell you, God will move the crutches. He'll move the props. 
He'll move the people. He will move them out of your direction. So only somebody you have to lean on is him. Old habits die hard, but there's a way that God chooses. There's a way that God has that will get rid of those old habits. Depending on others, in the wilderness, Jesus was in the wilderness, but he only had the word of God to depend on. In your wilderness experience, who do you depend on? God will remove all the props from your path in the wilderness. It's like learning to ride a bike without training wheels. In order to ride that bike perfectly, without falling all the time, without being scared, allowing fear to cause you to shake and tremble and eventually fall again. You got to learn how to ride that bike without those training wheels. Another wilderness experience that we have to experience that God will use to get rid of old habits. When you're in the wilderness, you can't, it doesn't seem like you can sense the presence of the Lord. Not being able to sense his presence is a cold feeling. It's a hard thing, too. But the thing is, it's working patience in me. It's beginning to cause something else to die on the inside of me, old habit to die on the inside of me that I probably don't even know is there. And I thought I had patience. I thought I had long-suffering. Not being able to sense the presence of the Lord in this experience, it moves the props and the crutches. Trust me, it'll remove them also. But when God silenced himself, and you have no choice but to rely on him and what you know about him in his word. Because see, in his word, he promises that he'll never leave you, nor will he forsake you. And that's all you got. But yet you can't sense his, his, his presence. Yet he's not saying anything. That wilderness experience, it'll get rid of old habits. They will die, and they will die hard. <laughs> they will be gotten rid of. Spiritual pain in the wilderness. Spiritual pain brings in tears. Tears and tears and more tears. Tears and tears and more tears. And there's nothing wrong with crying. Crying is a good thing because crying is a is a is a sim, it's symbolic to being hum, hum, to humility. Crying humbles you. It softens the heart, makes the heart tender before God. Spiritual pain you experience in the wilderness, but you learn to adopt an attitude to wait on the Lord God. Spiritual pain will cause you to humble yourself to his will and to seek him for all you know to do and say. Hmm. Evil becomes a reality to you. Evil really is made known to you in the wilderness. You begin to understand good and bad, right and wrong. It really becomes a reality. You begin to see that the battle really is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. 
you begin to see how the spirit lusts against the flesh and the flesh lusts against the spirit. You see how your flesh has been trying to keep you and trying to convince you that it has the same authority as God does. It be trying to convince you that God, it don't take all of that. But yet it's steady dying and the spirit of the Lord is steady raising up. And as you draw closer to the light of truth, the more darkness will appear. As we understand this gospel more and more, whether we're in or out of the wilderness, darkness has to come. Things contrary to the will of God have to come. Until God says that's enough. God has to be the one to say that. One other thing, too, in the wilderness, you become fully aware of God's presence, plan, and purpose in you. You begin to understand what it was God was trying to tell you before you went into that wilderness. <laughs> you begin to see things God's way. Old habits die hard. You begin to understand and say, not my will, Lord, but thy will will be done. And at this point, you're really, really depending on the word of God solely. That's without any influence, without any, even with the, even with the influence or the help or the, the, the friendship or fellowship from others that, that God didn't even remove. But you begin to solely depend upon the word of God. His approval and his will becomes your lifeline. You no longer you no longer need to depend upon somebody else because not without getting God's approval. Not without finding out first if God is pleased with this. You begin to wear the garment of acknowledging him in all your ways and allowing him to direct your path. Jesus promised us that the Holy Ghost will guide and lead us into all truth. The wilderness is a place where Jesus encountered Satan, the devil. The wilderness, our wilderness is a place that we will encounter the devil. And he will come and try to tempt us and keep us from getting rid of these old habits that so easily beset us. The wilderness is where Jesus encountered his own will. The wilderness is where you're going to encounter your own will. The wilderness is a place where Jesus had to speak the word of God. God, I love you, Jesus. In your wilderness, you're going to have to speak the word of God. The wilderness is where your habits and behavior will be defeated and will line up with the perfect will of God. God, I love you, Jesus. You're talking about coming out as pure gold. <laughs> Your wilderness experience would do that. The wilderness is where you learn to resist the temptations of your flesh, the world, and the devil by standing on the word of God. The wilderness is where your faith, trust, and confidence in God is all you know to lean on. The wilderness, wilderness is a place where the angels, came and served Jesus throughout the rest of his journey and the angel will come and minister to you throughout the rest of your journey as well. 
We're getting ready to come to a close here. Lastly, there's a Christian, there's a behavior that we have that we should have as Christians, that we we should have as believers. Christian behavior. The Bible doesn't talk about habits, but it talks about behavior. Behavior is habits. Because see, your habits, your habits cause you to behave a certain way. And there is a Christian behavior. There is a requirement. And you know it. We all know it. At some point in time, we've heard it. Christian behavior requires the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Nothing can come against that nine, the nine fruit of the, of the Spirit. Nothing. Your will, the world, the devil, people's influence, nothing can come against the fruit of the Spirit. This is not a character you can just put on and take off according to your will, but it is a possession and manifestation of the Spirit of Christ Jesus in spirit and in truth, having supreme authority over you and your life as you walk this earth day by day. It is an inward state with an expression toward God and all mankind. When put on according to the word of God, it will present a portrait of Christ Jesus in you, the hope of glory. Christian behavior requires the Christian behavior requires the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and become and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. This is a character you must pray and ask God to give you, the mind of Christ. Note that he knows already your intention, so there's no fooling God. Jesus did not come with an agenda on how to get ahead. Become famous, comfortable, and well-off. The mind of Christ will give you a servitude attitude that is needed to serve God and man and not vice versa. Isaiah 26 and 3 through 4 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. This is the mind of Christ. It's not just a mind of prosperity. Christian behavior requires putting on the whole armor of God to be able to stand against the wiles, tricks, 
fiery darts, the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of our will. Because our will is very deceitful. Our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. We need to stop wrestling with our will and what we can't do and let God do it. We need to stop coming against one another and thinking that we are greater than the other. With that same God, we got the same God on the inside of us that sits in heaven residing in us. The spirit of the Lord does not divide himself. That's the devil. We need to come to the conclusion of the whole matter. Get out of our flesh and realize that this thing is not about us, but about the Lord God, his will, plan, purpose, and his pleasure. Ephesians 6 and 12 through 18 tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Verse 12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on a breastplate of righteousness. In order to fight a battle, you need to know the truth. First, you need to know why you're fighting, who you're fighting, and when you should fight, and when you should be praying. Verse 15 says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench all fiery darts and the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, praying without ceasing, praying in the Spirit, in spirit and in truth, praying to the heart of God begins to speak to you his will in your circumstance. Christian behavior requires the grace and the mercy of God that we are able to learn how to deny self, learn how to renounce ungodliness, worldly passions, and live a godly life in the present right now. Learn how to live that on this earth right now. Titus 2 and 11 through 14 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Verse 13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Christian behavior requires a life that will produce the fruit of union with Christ Jesus. A fruit of union is the perfect portrait of Christ Jesus in us. We must fast and pray and kill the will of our spirit. 
put in the flesh and the, and its voice, the voice of our flesh, of enticement to die daily. It has to die. It has to die daily. Colossians 3 and 5 says, Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, concupiscence, and covetousness, which is adultery. Christian behavior requires serving only one master. St. Luke 16 and 13 says that no servant can serve two masters, for either you will love one and you will hate the other, or you'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You really can't serve God in money. All throughout the word of God, God has given us an example and set his word in place with those examples. He sent his son Jesus to be the visible example of his word, his will, and himself. What more do we need? What more are we asking for? What more do we need to get rid of the habits that hinder us from serving him in spirit and in truth? What more can we ask for in his plan and his purpose to be able to get it right, to be able to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh? What what more can we ask for? There's nothing greater than what God has already presented to us, his son Jesus. There's nothing greater than him. So where does your circle end? I asked you tonight, where does it end? Where, when does the wandering stop? When will you reach your desired destination in Christ Jesus? Stop using excuses to excuse your behavior because you don't want to stop your habits or you don't want to give up your habits. Don't justify them. Just get, to, get the help that you need. And the only help that you can get and that will sustain you and replenish you over and over again is the spirit of the word of God. That's the only help. You have to get the word in your spirit, not in your memory, not in your intellect. It has to be in your spirit. Old habits are hard to change. For example, they claim you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I beg to differ because... (laughs) That old dog, if he's teachable and is willing and obedient toward the teaching, he can learn. He got to be willing and obedient to learn. The children of Israel's old habit was called unbelief with murmuring and complaining. I said this in the beginning, against the will of God. What is your old habit? What is it murmuring and complaining about against God? God is trying to bring you into an area in him of holiness. What are you complaining about? What are you murmuring for? We need to make it up in our minds and in our hearts to come full circle with God. Come full circle means that we have to go through a series of development, development stages in order to bring us back to our original source. That original source is less less like a wilderness experience. Same as the children of Israel. They had to have a wilderness experience before they went to the promised land, before they could get what God promised them. And that same thing is going to have to take place in each of us. 
that wilderness experience has to come forward in order for us to get to the point that God has destined for us. Are there any questions, any comments? Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we thank and praise you tonight for what you've spoken. We thank and praise you, Lord God, for even the disruption. We thank and praise you, Father God, for how you move by your spirit. And we thank and praise you, Lord God, for even if there's been technical difficulties with the phone line, we just thank and praise you, Lord God, that the spirit of the Lord, oh God, is pleased. The spirit of the Lord is pleased. And we know, Lord God, that that which is needed, which is needful, that which has been heard, that which was given, oh God, will do according to the will of God as it pleases you, Lord God. We just ask, Lord God, that you be pleased. God, let the word that we've heard be hidden in our heart, that we may not sin against you, that we may not sin against our brethren. And we ask you, Lord God, to help us to get get it right with you. Help us to do according to your will and not our will. Help us, Lord God, to be able to understand in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, thy good and perfect will toward us. Oh, God, help us and show us, teach us, train us, lead us, and guide us, instruct us, oh, God, in how to cause these old habits in us to die. Because these habits of ours are coming against your will. These habits of ours, oh, God, are hindering us in your will. And we ask you, Lord God, tonight to remove them, change us, Replace them, Lord God, with your will, the spirit of your will, in the name of Jesus. God, we ask that you would speak to our hearts tonight, speak to our minds tonight, in the name of Jesus. That we may know you in a greater way, that we may understand your good and perfect will in each one of us, that you've set inside of each one of us tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us your spirit. We thank you for giving us your truth. We thank you, Lord God, for how you handled that situation in the name of Jesus. And we ask that you will bless those people, Lord God, according to your will in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that something was said, oh God, that could change their hearts in the name of Jesus and cause them to have to come to you and ask you, Lord God, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be delivered from myself in the name of Jesus? Oh, God, we love you. We love your word. We appreciate what you've spoken tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for the word of God. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the blood, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for healing our bodies from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. We thank you for removing all soreness and sicknesses away from our bodies. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us a regulated mind, O God, that you will regulate this mind of ours and set us back on the course of your righteousness in the name of Jesus. O God, we thank you. Thank you so much for the blood that's running warm in these bodies, O God, for the glory of God. God, we thank you so much, and we ask that your will be done in our lives. Help us, O God, to kill these old habits that have become a part of us repeatedly. 
They're routine in us, oh God, so to the point that we don't even, we're not even mindful that they are habits now. Cleanse us, Lord God. Cleanse us through the word, in the word. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen and amen. God bless you all.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.